Hello and welcome to March. It's March already, can you believe it? The sun is out. I'm watching a little blue tit outside my window chirp away and my bulbs have finally, finally started to come out with buds in the garden, which is truly, truly exciting because before this point, the garden was just basically a miserable mud pit. Me and my little girl ran to B&Q last weekend and got some more grass seed to try and remedy the mud pit that the dog brings in on his paws and the cat brings in on her paws every, like every day, multiple times a day. It's miserable. Don't have grass right outside your back door with animals. It's just, it's foolish. I don't know who would do that. I would do that. But anyway, I've learned. I've learned. Never again. Anyway, I digress. We got grass seed and we seeded the whole lawn two weeks ago and nothing's happening. Not a single thing has sprouted. So that's not great. But what is great is I can see just the beginnings of my peonies coming through. They come up sort of purple and they're just, every time I see them every year, I get so excited because peonies get that much bigger each year. My first year I had one flower on each of them, just one. Uh, The squirrel ate one of those as well, one of the buds, which was very distressing at the time. But now we're about four years in, so I'm really excited about the crop this year. I was was telling some uh, friends the other day that I'm trying so hard to grow things in the garden that can be cut flowers. It's, It's a bit hit and miss. I'm not the best gardener in the world, but I do try. God loves a trier, and I I think that, you know, hopefully he'll be on my side here and there with my flowering in my garden this year, fingers crossed. But I can't remember where I was going with that. I can't remember. Um, Yeah, I'm just getting very excited about seeing some flowers in my garden. So you don't want to hear about flowers in my garden. What you want to hear about is something home and interiors and renovation relevant. So today I thought I would talk about carpentry, bespoke carpentry, because it's a really hefty part of any design budget. People always get surprised at how much carpentry costs. Um, It's often left until the last minute with regards to the budget, and so you don't have necessarily much money left for it, or people decide to take it out completely so that they can focus on other things and they say they'll do it later down the line and invariably often they don't which is a big big shame all forms of built-in situations make your life easier more streamlined less cluttered just all round better all round better i mean what would you do in a kitchen with no cupboards that would be insanity right so When it comes to good cupboarding and good storage in your bedroom, for your clothes, for example, shelving to put stuff on cupboards in other places like living rooms to hide TV gubbins away and such like, or any other places that you have a lovely long big hallway that could have a stunning run of cupboards along it for all your linen and your towels and like I could go on. I really like carpentry. I think it really brings warmth to a home. I think it really adds a level of sophistication and luxury if done right, obviously. We'll talk about that 
in a bit. We do things like custom bunk bed situations in kids' rooms quite a lot for kids that have sleepovers or have a lot of cousins and things like that and they want a couple of beds in their room but they don't want to necessarily take up the floor space. Plus, bunk beds are really fun. You can do a lot of really fun stuff in kids' bedrooms with custom carpentry. Similarly, if you have a room that you want to turn into a library or a sort of really cool office library situation then of course cabinetry is going to come in to that just a room with like floor to ceiling um custom cabinetry and shelving and stuff like that is quite a sight to behold and I think it's something that shouldn't be overlooked yes it's expensive if you shop around you can find good prices like they're still going to be expensive but they're not going to be crazy and and you know what it's it's worth it these things are made by hand mostly obviously they've got some very nifty sort of machines that make certain things easier for them nowadays but mostly they're made by hand they're bespoke custom to you they're exactly what you want or that you know a, a designer like myself will help you create exactly what you want and i i i just can't really like I just don't see how you would want to go without it if you possibly can so first and foremost the difference between a carpenter and a joiner I get this a lot it's a grey area nowadays back in time when wood was kind of held together with just wood and um, people were insanely insanely talented with dovetail drawers and making like amazing shapes with a chisel to to connect furniture together and some people still do that and if you want something like that like I'll be the first person around your house to come and marvel at it with you 100% but you're going to have to have a big budget for that now that is a traditional joiner a joiner joins wood without really using screws and they do it in a workshop a carpenter is or carpentry is more woodwork that's done on site. So hanging of doors, your architraves, your skirting boards. But then carpentry is also the putting in of those products that are initially, or those items that are initially made in a workshop. When they come to your home, there's two phases. Normally, a certain amount will be done in the workshop after measurements have been made. And as a side note on that, never just rely on the measurements that you send over. Get whoever is creating your cabinetry or whatever it is, get them to your house, make sure they have a laser, make sure they're doing really good measurements and they tell you how wonky your walls are because your measurements, they can't just go off your measurements if you want a really, really good fit or a good fit, full stop, really. So they need to come and measure themselves. You can give them your measurements for the quote, 100%, but whoever's actually making that, whoever's putting that saw to the wood, they need to take their own measurements. They need to be responsible for it. And they know what they're doing. They know what measurements they need. They'll measure at like many different points up and down the wall. They'll get their laser out, blah, 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 et cetera. They know what they're doing. Just just trust that. So then those measurements are taken to their workshop and they will make a certain amount in the workshop and then bring it over on site to be installed. Some things are completely made in place. It's better if, if things are initially made in the workshop because you don't want that extra dust you may not have the space and also it's just a bit of a mark of a of a someone who's taking their job seriously to have a workshop to do this stuff in some of it will also be 
painted in the workshop, especially if it's being sprayed. It'll And I'll talk about finishes in a minute. It'll be sprayed in that workshop. And then they'll bring all the pieces together and they'll assemble it at the house. Now, in theory, you could call the stuff that happens in the workshop joinery and the stuff that happens on site carpentry. But at the end of the day, you will find many joiners that are also carpenters. Those things kind of come together. But then you'll also find many carpenters that are not joiners. So if someone can hang a door, do an architrave, do skirting that doesn't mean you can throw a bespoke wardrobe scenario at them and they'll do a a good job. Maybe they can, not putting down, you know, those people at all, but nine times out of ten you'll find that that's what they do and then the other guys you'll find they'll do both. So if that makes sense. If we're talking about like sort of a boxing in of a toilet or or boxing in of a bath or a basic maybe like a basic unit to put a sink in with the cupboard underneath, then you could probably speak to your builder slash carpenter on site about doing that and, and you'll probably come out with something okay if it's very simple. But otherwise, go get a separate carpenter slash joiner that has a workshop. Um, that That's what they do to do these things for you because you will find that doors don't match up you will have uh, bad edges on things the right materials won't have been used space probably won't have been used in a brilliant way anyway I could go on having said all that though obviously there's a lot of really great building companies out there the people that we work with they have their own joiners so depending on the level of size of your build team and who you're working with they will have specific joiners but it's always a question that you can ask you know you can be like look Do you have specific joiner people? Because some, if they're smaller, might say, oh, yeah, uh, Bill can do that. Look, Bill, he's he's hanging a door right there. Yeah, he, he can build that for you. Don't trust Bill to build that for you. If when you ask the question, your head builder, um, site manager says, yeah, we've got a team that we work with for that. They've got a workshop out in wherever you can come and have a look at it or we work with so-and-so for these things, then yes, great, perfect. That will probably be no problem. That will be good. But just avoid Bill. Sorry to anyone called Bill out there, but, you know, I'm trying to illustrate a point. Now that we know who you're using for what, maybe let's talk about a bit about what Bespoke actually covers and what areas you might want to think about that in. So wardrobes are a bit of a contentious one because obviously I know there's a lot of places like Sharps and all this sort of stuff that they they do a good job but what people don't seem to realize is that they are expensive they are really expensive and sometimes you don't get quite as a bespoke um, situation as you may be able to get from someone else an independent um, carpenter um, joiner um, and and it may actually work out very, very little price difference. These guys are really big outfits. They're in a situation where, you know, they, they have salespeople. You won't get the same level of attention to your needs necessarily 
as you would with an individual as well. The other thing about wardrobes, especially in these older houses, is that when things have some wonk or, I don't know, you're doing something in a loft or you're doing something a little bit unusual and really trying to use as much space as you can and also use it in a way that works for you. Like maybe you've just got shitloads of handbags. Maybe you've got loads of really nice heels and places to wear them, in which case I salute you. Or maybe... I don't know, maybe you have really, I'm trying to think what else, maybe your husband has a really pedantic way of storing his underpants and his ties. <laughs> I have been in a situation where um, specific measurements have been taken for the fold of an underpant, um, ensuring that it fits in the drawer correctly and how it should. So some people can have be very specific about their needs, which is cool it's your house like go for it it should 100% suit how you want to live and want to exist in this world but that needs to be thought about and you might not get the same level of detail with things like that or the same level of bespokeness for things like heights and widths and front of cabinets and other things that you might need to add on like coving or maybe you might want to panel a part of a wall to match. I don't know, it gets a bit complicated. But point being, do have a little think about going to someone, I guess, independent, I, I would call it, when it comes to that. You might be surprised that, you might be surprised what you find. And then the other obvious one is alcove. Everyone has this fireplace situation and you've got the alcoves on either side and you don't know where to put the TV and you don't know where to put all the TV stuff and then you've got the plugs and that looks goddamn ugly and then you're going to have, what, shelving or just empty spaces or standalone furniture. And I'll give you a little life-changing tip right now if you haven't already got to it, but basically if you've got the TV problem in a living room situation just make sure your fireplace isn't too high or you can you can work with walls either side no problem and buy yourself a samsung frame just just do that done solved problem solved go look them up they're they're your best option they look like a painting when they're off a lot of people do already know about them by now they're just I don't know why no one thought about this sooner and then when they're on they're like a tv you can get many different frames for them too There are other options. Maybe we'll talk about hiding TVs again in another post at some point. But that is genuinely your cheapest, best, most attractive bet right now for TV issues. So if you go for built-ins there, again, these walls are often quite wonky. There's a lot more you can do other than the typical let's have two cupboards at the bottom and some shelves above we've just finished a project for some lovely clients in Clapham Uh, they might be listening hi guys where we put the shelving all the way down and actually hid all the wires and things in a in the base of the the shelving we started the shelving a little bit higher and all the wires and stuff are hidden actually in the base of that shelving unit and the shelves are very slick they're very minimal and they look beautiful and you wouldn't know anything was there. So you don't have to have these big chunky cupboards necessarily. And really, if all you're doing is using that for like TV stuff, it's probably too big anyway. I don't know. Ours tends to get filled with all sorts of, well, we've got some on one side of our fireplace and it gets filled with all sorts of just just crap. 
and then it gets too hot and then I get worried about the heat from wires and so I empty it all out and then it gets filled with crap again. A side note, you can think about non-built-in stuff in these places, either side of the fireplace situation. You can always get furniture that you can take holes out the back of and you can feed wires through that way if you still want to hide TV wires and stuff or just generally freestanding like items when you don't need any wires so to one side of my fireplace I've got a drinks table for example and also a lot of people are liking the open shelving in kitchens these days and that's great Uh, but a sort of more bespoke solution with things like mouldings and stuff. Now, mouldings, when I talk about mouldings, it's like, you know, when you see anything that normally has a flat edge, take a normal flat edged shelf, and then you see something that's like in some high-end house and it's got more detailing and the edge just isn't flat and it has a bit of a bevel and a bit of a shape to it. Maybe it's got like a bobbin look to it. There's lots of different moulding options around at the minute and they're actually quite easy to get hold of if you just want to add these things on yourself but they add a lot more detail and they just make things look that like they really level stuff up so when it comes to things like open shelving in your kitchens or having a big dresser situation or taking that big wall that many people have the opposite side of the kitchen that doesn't have a whole lot going on in it to really extend your kitchen across and create something built in there that's not necessarily a copy of your kitchen but works harmoniously with it that's a combination of maybe drawers cupboards shelving when you're thinking about that things like moldings and stuff will come into play and then then it's not going to necessarily be offered by your kitchen manufacturer let's say It's worth mentioning here, obviously, that you can get your whole kitchen done bespoke, of course, by a joiner, a carpentry company. You probably want someone a little bit bigger to do it because it's a fair amount of work, but 100% don't discount that. Even if you don't have the biggest budget, if you want something quite specific or you've got something very specific in mind, it's really worth getting a quote. Also, especially if you're going to have that kitchen for a long time, a custom built wood kitchen that's going to last and you're going to be able to repaint those doors however many times you like whatever different colors and they'll still come up looking amazing um they will stand the test of time much much more than these standard even even really quite expensive kitchens kitchen companies use pretty much the same back box so definitely think about it if you plan to have that kitchen in place for a long time, or if you just want a particularly beautiful kitchen, obviously. And sometimes for a smaller kitchen, it works out better because it's not so much work and they can really, you can really make the most of a space with more of a bespoke option when it comes to depths and widths of cabinetry and not having to go off the peg, as it were. So you might want to get some sort of bespoke built in for that scenario. Any sort of floating shelves, it's probably a good idea to speak to someone about that if you really want a truly floating scenario because floating shelves 
do need to be put in in the right way so that they don't sag over time. Depends what you're putting on them, obviously. But yeah, it is probably a good idea to get someone to to do that for you. And I would put that under custom carpentry in a in a budget for example there's a lot of things you can do with with shelving and sort of built-in situations above doors going around the side of doors that really make a place feel quite grand depending on your ceiling heights in hallways lots of things to think about with regards to spaces that you have that you could either make more interesting with some sort of shelving situation or use a storage because you know it doesn't have to be a certain depth or anything when it comes to custom built stuff you've also got your things like your mud rooms for your benches and your tongue and groove backs and your high shelves and your hooks all this sort of setup again that's in your carpentry quote now if you don't have any of this in your house hearing now me listing them, you'll start to realise how much storage space you potentially miss out on. And not, not just storage space, also like practicality space, like living space. These are the things that really work hard in your home to keep them organised, coherent, and just be useful day to day. So I definitely think, again, I'm going to keep saying this all the way through, I think it's worth the money, I think it's worth thinking about, and I think it's definitely worth keeping an idea in your budget for it. So talking about budget, I hope everyone's sitting comfortably. If you're driving, you might want to pull over. If you are holding a baby, you might want to put it down just for a minute. So let's talk about budget. Yes, it's pricey. Not as pricey as I, it's funny, when, when, when people do renovations, a lot of people will be happy to spend like three grand on a range, um, six grand on marble, things like that. But carpentry, they often don't necessarily see in the same light. And look, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes multiple people because some things are big, you can't, you know, a single person can't necessarily fit something on their own. And that has to be, obviously, factored in to the price. Now, to give an example of, because it's really hard to say, look, everything's different. But to give an example, um, if you're looking for a proper carpenter joiner to do a good job and you don't have any sort of sandpaper MDF edges. And this is, this is I'm going to give you some ballparks here based on painted MDF or a veneered MDF, because wood, there's many, many different types of wood, the price is double. When you're talking about softwood, let alone hardwood. So I'm just going to focus on a high-grade MDF or veneered MDF. You can get oak veneered MDFs. They're very nice for the inside of cupboards because... They don't need to be painted, which takes the decorating time down somewhat. And uh, it does give you a wood finish no different to, let's say, an engineered wood floor in in looks. You know, it it still feels nice. It feels like wood, but it doesn't have quite the high price tag. If you want to get into the high price tag, then really the sky is the limit. Also, with the woods at the moment, there's a lot of issues with wood at the moment for many numbers of reasons so the prices have gone up even more than normal that that too with mdf to be fair um it's an expensive time for these materials full stop but let's talk about kind of standard double wardrobes in either side of a fireplace uh to take a sort of standard quite something i see quite often they're normally about 120 wide double doors 
high doors at the top to factor in for things you don't use all that often, you know, smaller suitcases, bags, etc. A few drawers inside, a few shoe drawers inside, and um, what do you call that thing you hang clothes on? Pole. Pole in the top. Maybe let's give it a panelled front or or some sort of moulding detail to make it look attractive and not just like an Ikea wardrobe. Let's stick a mirror inside that as well and some lighting when you open the doors so you can see what you're doing and what you're looking at and some handles. You're probably looking at a range between 7 to 10k for that, depending on the level of craftsmanship and the... Well, I mean, look, you get what you pay for. So at the seven grand end, the things that you're going to want to try and watch out for and avoid because you might find yourself tripping over them or being left with them are going to probably not necessarily get the best paint job. You're probably going to see some joins in some places where wood's been joined together a slightly different way and you won't get a hand painted finish for example and you might find that you see some sort of sandpapery edges on on the edges of the doors which in my in my mind is is not acceptable but at that budget end you will find that um sometimes that is down to the edges not being properly finished so they need to be sanded down in between coats, basically. There, there is also an extra finish you can put in between that stops that sort of stipply look, which I absolutely hate. Like, it's just not, it's not acceptable, frankly. But you, you, need, you would need to watch out for that. You probably wouldn't get drawings. You'd have to provide the majority of the information yourself. Now, at the 10K end, you'd get drawings. You would get... Um, Oh, sorry, and also at the five end, you might have to get an electrician in to do your lights to connect them up. So at the other end, they would include the electricity. That would be fine. The finish could either be painted or hand-painted. Now, when you go for a painted, i.e. not sprayed, sorry, sprayed or hand-finished. So if it's sprayed, it's going to look very factory-esque. It's not going to be look like it's been touched by a hand basically and that's all fine a lot of people really like that but it can chip and if it chips then it's hard to rectify that without getting a hold or resprayed a hand finish should be done with a paintbrush don't let anyone tell you otherwise it should not be done with a roller you do not want to see the stipples of a roller on any hand painted doors or anything like that so hand-painted, is much easier to touch up at a later date as well. You might see a few brush strokes. Personally, I think that adds to the charm. But done well, it should look pretty goddamn smooth as long as you get the right paint finish as well, which they will be experts in. They will know what they're doing, so that's all fine. You don't have to worry about it. You can just sit back and wait for it all to be built and done. But that's the kind of pricing you need in your pocket. I think alcoves nowadays, the standard sort of either side of a fireplace living room alcoves with a sort of cupboard situation and shelves above come out at about eight grand, four grand each side, give or take. Obviously, factors that make the difference are what material you use if you don't go for an MDF, if you go for a wood, lighting situations, more complex shapes, so drawers are more expensive than cupboards, for example. I mean, that should give you an idea of a starting point.
point. If you are going down the cheaper end, then go for a sprayed option because then the finish will be better. And it doesn't take them as long, obviously, to do that. And that's how they can make it cheaper. So it's not so much the quality of the finish that could be a bit scuppered by the price. It's because the, the spraying kind of sorts that out and it's the time that it takes that actually takes the price down a little bit for you. Obviously, if you are going for a wood, you can get it oiled or varnished or, you know, um, waxed. And, and that could be your finish. You don't really have to worry about paint. But obviously, you paint real wood as well because then you still get the nice grains coming through. And that looks very nice. Very nice indeed, if you want to add that to your budget. I've spoken about measurements, saying that obviously whoever's making these things needs to measure them themselves. That is very, very important. But other typical measurements, if you're designing these things yourself and you're putting drawings out to quote from, you want a a standard wardrobe depth is about 65. I would say if you've got the space, go for 70. Don't go for 60. You'll be pushing coats in all the time. Like that may accommodate a shirt on a hanger, but it won't accommodate a winter coat. And you don't want to feel like you're just shoving clothes back in all the time. And if you go for some sort of sliding door scenario, that's when they all like get caught out of the door. You, you want some breathing space for the clothes, basically. A shelves for the kitchen. If you're wanting to put things like um, mugs and stuff up and you're thinking what's the slimmest shelving situation... I would probably go 15, 16 centimetres depth. That's good. That's quite good in the in, in a hallway as well for like smaller books. But I think if you're taking the time to design this yourself and then taking it to someone to make and to quote for, then what you need to do is you need to be thinking about what's the purpose for this, either storage or shelf um, cupboard, what have you. And you need to be looking at what you want on there and measuring it and making sure it fits and making sure it does the job it's meant to do. Oh, that's my dishwasher telling me it's finished. Look at what it's meant to do. Look at what you want to house in there. If it is linens, fold them up how you like to fold them and measure them. Add some space for the backing. Let's say add, just for quoting purposes, add 10 to 20 mil for your backing and then probably... I don't know, just to be safe, about 20 mil for your door. Don't forget the sides, uh, the sides, the back and the front. That's all a little bit to add if you're trying to fit things into tricky places and make sure that you have enough room for what you want to do. Also, it's an idea to factor in the size that the sheets come of the wood or MDF that you're using because if your doors are really high, for example they may not fit in the standard sheet. And if you've got to get custom size sheets, then that will affect your budget too. But a clever way is to think about maybe taking a little bit more for a frame, a little bit more for a kickback at the bottom, a little bit more just below your coving, or breaking doors up a bit, dependent on the design so that you can actually fit into that standard length. I think it's 240 is it 230, 240? Double check with your with your person making it just to be sure because it might vary in different places. And I know we've got a few listeners. We've got listeners all over the place now, actually. 
however big that door is, it needs to open. So when that door is open, it needs to have space wherever it is. If it's by a bed that has a bedside table, it needs to clear that. If it's at the end of the bed, it needs to clear that. If it's near a door that also has to open, if you want to have another bit of furniture somewhere, if you want to, if, if it's in more of a corridor situation, you want to be able to walk past it without having to close it. Ideally, if it's in a walk-in wardrobe, obviously you want to have room to be able to stand and get back and forth with doors open. You want space as well to be able to bend down if it's in a utility or again in a walk-in wardrobe situation. You need to be able to bend down to get things on lower shelves without whacking your bum on the wall behind you or the other doors behind you maybe. If we're talking wardrobes, then you want to know how high your highest pair of heels are or boots are. Are you going to fold them over if they're high boots or do you want something that just accommodates their whole height? If you want to put handbags in there, how high is your biggest handbag if you want to stand them up? Do you have something that you want to display? What is that size? So start with what is going to go there and build around that. And then your carpenter or someone like me can come in and we can help you go through it all and get all those measurements together, get all the drawings together, and then you can think about what the outside looks like overall. And then you can go and get your quotes and get it built. But I think even if it's just your hallway that you need to be more functional, or even if it's something sort of more, more attractive to go on one wall to display things think about cabinetry and carpentry and built-ins and on your budget budget it in certain things cost what they cost we all accept the cost of sort of certain things and I think to a certain level because of the ease and, and the way it helps with your life and helps your home function so well it really should be factored in to the budget at the beginning and if you've got it in the budget at the beginning obviously it won't be such a shock and and also if you go to people they'll be able to give you a very rough idea even if it's just a hand sketch drawing you know this will have three drawers and what you know maybe you change it later that's fine but at least you've got a cost then to put against your budget and you're thinking about it and maybe you might find also that there's other things that maybe aren't as helpful or you can forgo in order to get that carpentry budget done and another thing actually when we're talking about budgets to remember and the other thing that surprises people quite a lot is window dressing as well it's a kind of different subject and I think we might do a podcast on that separately at some point but curtains if you want custom curtains in lovely fabric you're going to want that in your budget too because that's going to be a, a, a little chunk as well and you don't want to be thinking about it at the end. Also, curtain people have really long lead times as do carpenters generally so you want to be getting them started earlier rather than later so that you don't feel like your project really drags at the end and you're just waiting for those final touches to come in because that is just, it's just a pain. I hope that's helpful. I'm trying to think what else might be helpful on this subject I can't think of anything else right now. If there is anything that you think I've missed out or that you have any questions to ask, just send them over on the Instagram or send them over on the Facebook. The Instagram is Studio LFF and the Facebook group is Ain't Nobody Like a Homebody. Just pop them over and I shall answer them. Similarly, if you can think of a podcast topic that would be really helpful for you, then let me know along the same channels and we'll make that happen. 
In the meantime, if this podcast has been helpful, please do give us a star rating. It really helps us to grow. We really appreciate them. And obviously, if you could take any time to give us a little review, that would be amazing. So that's us over and out on Carpentry. I hope everyone has a great weekend and we'll be chatting to you again next week. Bye.